Welcome to the Ladies Power Lunch Podcast with Dr. Davia Shepard, a resource for women in business, presenting a wide range of topics exploring professional growth and personal development. And now, Dr. Davia Shepard. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining in. I have with me today Crystal Cook and mm-hmm. she- an amazing author. She's mm-hmm. a speaker. She's a leader. She is really, really focused on transformation. And she's also focused on this idea of amazing leadership, a new paradigm for leadership. Crystal, welcome. Thank you for joining me. So happy that you're here. And if you could just yeah. very briefly say to everybody who you are and what you do. Okay. Hi, Dr. Davia. So happy to be here. And I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And for the past nine years, well, I've been in this field for 20 years. For the past nine years, I've been working with the military and primarily the adolescents. And the last three years of that was managing a program for the Air Force's adolescent um, counseling program. And just six weeks ago, I moved back to the States to become an entrepreneur and provide coaching and mental health services and workshops and retreats and doing some writing. Yes. And publishing your new book. Can you Mm -hmm. share a little bit about your new book with us? Okay. Yes. So the book is called hope is a butterfly. If you don't squish the caterpillar and it's the first book in a children's book series. And it's really about a lot of things that it's a book where it has like an onion of meaning and but if you go with the title it's about transformation really and about hope transformation from being a caterpillar and becoming a butterfly and i wonder how many of us squished ourselves no one else squished us but we squished ourselves before we even started our transformation because we have you know i think most everybody has those that inner critic, that self-limiting you know, talk, the negative self-talk that keeps us from greatness and keeps us from showing up in a big way. And um, yeah, so if we don't squish it, then we can be going to the transformation and become this butterfly. And it's also about unconditional love and friendship and judgment and um, releasing the world to a different perspective. Beautiful. I love love, love, love this idea so much. And I'm almost teary eyed and I'm not the most emotional Mm -hmm. tool in the kid. Mm -hmm. So me being teary eyed, that's huge. But I just feel a great connection to this book because I have two small boys, as I mentioned on probably every single show, I find a way Mm -hmm. to sneak in some mention about my babies. I have these two small children and I just wonder if what would happen if the next generation, they actually learned the stuff that we're learning now in like our 30s and 40s? What would happen if they learned that like right out the gate? Like they learned that at kindergarten level. They learned that in grade school. They learned it in high school. What would that mean for the next generation that's coming? And this, the fact that you as this amazing person who, and guys, I'm going to just give you a little bit of her background. If you mm-hmm. don't know Crystal, she has a storied background. She 
her background is in working with adolescents. It's true. But long before that, she used to be a private detective as a child. I love that story so much. Can you tell us, just, just tell us a tiny, tiny snippet about how you would make your private detective kits and whatnot? Yeah, so my best friend and I wanted to become private detectives. And so we did. We we made it on paper. So our little paper private detective kits had a notebook and a pencil and gloves because, you know, we needed to take fingerprints and didn't want to mess them up and a magnifying glass. And we even had an ID card because we went to the town marshal and knock, knock, knock. And we're here to help you <laughs> solve all the crimes of the town. I know. And so he made us, took our picture and made us little ID cards and showed us how to take fingerprints. And so we, anytime there was a crime, we were there. Thinking oh. we solved it, but probably you did. <laughs> I'm sure you did. And you know what? It was great because it stimulated your imagination. And mm -hmm. that may have been, I feel like there's never any knowledge that's wasted, that everything that we do through our life experience coalesces to give us the opportunity to lead in the way that we're meant to lead when we actually embrace that leadership because it's always there for us mm -hmm. it's just right. a matter of us embracing it so you having your detective agency at a young mm -hmm. age that's so amazing I love that story so much I may have to share this story <laughs> over and over again and you went from that and then you are uh, I want to say Yale trained social worker did I get that right no, I didn't go to Yale. Um, mm. I, I'm sorry. No, you were saying I'm listening. Yeah, I, I became a CPA, a certified public CPA. accountant. There yeah. you go. And then, then I went into law enforcement. And then after that, I pursued a master's degree in social work. Oh, okay, great. So mm -hmm. you and you used to be in the FBI. There are so yes. many layers to what makes Crystal <laughs> Crystal. And it, it all comes back to my idea that one, we're all genius, and two, every piece of what makes us up is important because all of that is going to come back to help us to be the best kind of leader that we're meant to be. So I sent out the call and I said, we're going to be having our Ladies Power Lunch Fall Summit and the theme is going to be this new idea of leadership. And Crystal, all the way from Italy, you raised your hand and you said, I want to be a part of that. What was it that made you say, you know what, this sounds right for me? It was timing. I mean, the perfect timing. Uh, and actually, I was actually in Germany at the time, I had lived in Italy before that, but I was writing this children's book or had written it and it was in the final stages. And I was working with, with my coach. Well, she's my voice of reason, coach, marketing <laughs> guru. She's kind of everything. Um, she said, hey, she's part of your Ladies Power Lunch. She's like, you know, this Ladies Power Lunch that I'm a part of, they're putting together this anthology on leadership. Maybe you should check into it. And I did. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool. It just, it fit together so perfectly. So I think, you know, you guys, there was a deadline and it was past the deadline, but I um, reached out to Elizabeth Hill and, and yeah, the rest is history, I guess. I you know, started writing right away. So you felt a connection with 
this idea of a new paradigm for leadership. When we were talking earlier, you mentioned some of the things that makes a good leader. You talked about making sure that your team has everything, making sure that you give examples for improvements. You're not like just hoping that they'll figure it out on their own. You talk about being more of a coach than that dogmatic boss and leading and guiding and encouraging. You talked about being supportive, and also re resolving conflict and rooting out bullies. And I think that those five steps mm -hmm. to being an outstanding leader are the most important. So amazing. Tell us a little bit about how you got to this stage where you realize that this is what we need for outstanding leadership. It really was having the old paradigm of leaders throughout most of my adult career. And it wasn't fun. You know, definitely I had that in the FBI. It was, there was a fear. If you made a mistake, the punishment was public humiliation and shaming and condescending. And the leaders, even that I had in the social work field, which you wouldn't, you would think they'd be all touchy, feely, nicey, nice. It wasn't like that either. And I didn't like it. You know, it made me think back to being a child you know, back, you know, when I grew up and I was a Gen Xer, we were left kind of to, to, you know, you know, a lot of us, you know, were took care of each other and babysat each other. And I was the littlest one always <laughs> with the group of kids and the older ones were in charge of the little ones. And sometimes that was not the best idea, but, <laughs> but I remember being even a little kid and some of the bigger kids being bossy. And I would put my hand on my hip and put my chest out, kind of like the Amy Cuddy talks about power posing. I didn't know I was power posing at the time. And you are not the boss of me. And just really feeling that sense of no. And throughout my grown up career, in my head, or when I got home at night, I would say that because I couldn't really say that to my boss. But just feeling like it felt confining. And when you can find something or anyone, you're keeping them from greatness. You know, it's like you put a bird in a cage, the bird's not going to fly and become this magnificent creature. You're squashing them and you're squashing growth. And I didn't like being led that way. And when I had a leader that led in a gentle, encouraging, more of a servant leader type, I loved it. And it worked so well with me. I just, I excelled. And I wanted to become the best version of myself because he showed up every day in that way. And so I wanted to show up every day, even better that not better than him, but just better than my version of myself the prior day. Better version of yourself. I love that. Why do you think, and you know, just off, I'm just thinking about this. If this was so meaningful to you and your results were so much better with this sort of servant leadership, why do you think we're not seeing more of that kind of leadership in corporations? Because I mean, they're making more money. Right? I know. Well, you know, it's like that old saying, you know, part of it, I think, is that's what it's always been done. It's hard to change that paradigm. But remember that that saying about this family that's cooking a ham for Christmas or, or I think, let's say it's a holiday dinner. And every time, you know, the mother chops off half, you know, the end of the ham before putting it in the oven and the daughter's like, why are you doing that, mom? 
well, because it's always been done that way. And so the dad is like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're, you know, cutting off an entire piece of meat to, to put this in the oven and I apologize for anyone who, who's vegetarian or um, for this example. But when the dad is like, I don't, I don't, this is silly. So she went and asked grandma and great grandma and said, oh, I cut that off because the pan we used was too little. <laughs> and so I had to cut it off for it to fit into the pan. And I don't know if I'm saying the story exactly the way it's been told, but that's the idea is sometimes we do things because it's always been done that way and it doesn't make sense anymore. And if we would stop and think, do we, does this still make sense? A lot of the time it would be no, it doesn't make sense. So let's change. But transformation is difficult. I think transformation at a personal level, but from a big corporation level or a society level or a cultural level, that's huge because it involves so many people to transform. I understand what you're saying. It makes perfect sense. If you do something and you just keep doing things the way it's always been done without really thinking about it and questioning everything and thinking about, well, is there a better way? Then we get trapped in these patterns. It's so, so interesting. But the good news is, and I think that's why the theme for this upcoming summit is so important. The good news is that it's time for change. And we are all leaders, every single one of us. And if we're able to make these changes, make these transformations on an individual level, then our transformation will light up the next, the people that we're interacting with, and they will also transform. They'll light up their people and the transformation will ripple throughout the world. And I think the paradigm is really shifting because we're seeing that a lot of people who are coming from corporate, they are deciding to go into entrepreneurship like myself, like yourself. They're deciding to go into entrepreneurship. And one thing about the entrepreneur is that their business is a lot more agile. So being able to make these changes in terms of their leadership structure is so much easier. The other thing that I think is important is that there is a lot more of personal development and growth. And I think a lot more of coaching that's being offered to leaders in the corporate environment now than when I was back in corporate. And a lot of these corporate gurus that are, these people who are going in as corporate coaches, they are entrepreneurs too. And so they have this new idea, this new paradigm for leadership, and they're teaching this to the teams. And so we're seeing actually whole corporations changing in the way that they look at things. In my book, Grow Smarter, I did a few case studies where I talk about Disney and their approach to leadership. I talk a little bit about Hewlett Packard and their approach to leadership. There are lots of companies that we think of as the traditional companies, but their approach has definitely changed. And you mentioned in your chapter, was it in your chapter that you mentioned about other companies that make changes as well? Can you share that with us? Yeah, the, so an example that I used in my chapter which talked about, you know, the servant leadership, but also not punishing mistakes was about the 3M Corporation. And they had this environment that fostered mistakes. And it was okay if you made a mistake. And the cool thing about this is that's how the post-it note, the well-loved 
well-used post-it note was invented is because a scientist was trying to invent a really strong adhesive and invented the opposite, this very light adhesive that wouldn't really stick permanently to anything, but didn't throw it away and didn't hide it. In fact, shared it with everybody and said, hey, I think someone could find a use for this at some point. And eventually it did. You know, there was another person that worked for the same for 3M and was at church and had pieces of paper in the hymns. And every time we try to open to the bookmark with these pieces of paper, the papers would fall out. It's like, you know, what I would really like to have is a little light piece to stick into um, the, the hymn so I could find my place. And he went with the other scientist and, you know, they put this light adhesive on a piece of paper and hence the post-it note. And that was just such a cool example of, of that type of leadership that created the post-it note. I, I love that story. And Crystal, I'm going to share something with you. One of the reasons why I love that you shared that you shared that story in your chapter of our upcoming anthology, Ignite Your Leadership, is because the very first company that I worked for was 3M when I was back in the day, you know, pursuing this career in making drugs that would change the world. 3M was the very first company that I worked for. And I can tell you that it's not just a story. Their attitude towards collaboration their attitude towards innovation and giving their employees an opportunity to come up with stupid ideas, it's fine because there is, there's room, there's room for all these ideas and we're gonna pick the good ones and the ones that are not so good, we can put them on the shelf for now because they might be something that's really gonna help us in the future. So nobody felt like they were being denigrated in any way for coming up with ideas or for trying new things and the leadership model that was presented to me it's probably because of working for that company why I have always thought differently about leadership I have never ever embraced the idea of this top-down leadership it's always been in my mind best when we all link arms together and so it could be and when I was reading your chapter mm -hmm. it pinged for me it could be because I my very first job was working with a company that had that kind of paradigm already in place so I love 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 that you share that story. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So give us a little bit of a sneak peek about what you're going to be talking to us about on Summit. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect from you on Summit. Gosh, um, I would say really um, how I think to, to transform ourselves and to lead fearlessly. Um, and, and I think that's so important because yes, we're linking arms, but when you're the leader, you also are responsible for your team and to not, um, and to make sure that you can lead from a place of courage because courage isn't about fearlessness. It's about being afraid and doing, doing it anyway. And, and that could be whether you're leading or anything in your life that you want to do, a goal that you want to achieve or a dream or, or anything in, throughout your life is to 
break through that barrier of those self-limiting beliefs or the what ifs or the fear of um, what's holding you back and to develop concrete steps because we can have a dream and we need the concrete steps, but we also need to know what are the hidden barriers? Like we may have these self-limiting beliefs, but what's also underneath that? You know, what are we giving up if we achieve this? You know, so sometimes it's, it could be helpful to really explore that those hidden barriers that we may not even be aware of. I love that. And I'm really looking forward to this because one of the things, one of the buzzwords in the personal development community is limiting beliefs. Like we're, we're all like talking about our limiting beliefs and getting beyond them. But the truth is the limiting beliefs it's not just a buzzword. It's something that really, really does keep people stuck in places where they need not be stuck and they can stay stuck for two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years in that same place. Because if they're not telling themselves a new story, if they're not open to even being available for that transformation, then nothing is going to change. And every day we are creating our lives and I knew it is true, but every day we keep creating the same patterns. We keep staying stuck with the same situations. If you were talking to a client who was stuck in a pattern like that, who had limiting beliefs that was holding them back, what's like one little homework item that you could give us that we can work on until we see you at summit. Mm -hmm. I would say to really explore what would you have to give up to achieve this? Because that could be part of it too, the self-limiting beliefs. What are you telling yourself? But also what would you have to give up? So say a little bit more about how we can explore that. What would we have to give up? How can can we we explore that a little bit more deeply? Mm -hmm. Okay, say for instance, if I want to um, say be more confident and so I'd ask the client, what does that look like for you? What would confidence look like? What would be different? Well, I would um, actually be able to speak in public. I would do public speaking. I would feel comfortable doing that. I wouldn't hide in the background. Like, okay, that's a great goal. Well, what would you have to give up? Well, you have the self-limiting beliefs, right? So you're dealing with the self-limiting beliefs of maybe I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or those things that we tell ourselves that are lies. That's one piece, the self-limiting beliefs. But what would you have to give up? Well, I would have to give up hiding in the background. I would have to give up not um, risking myself being up front. You're, You're giving up safety, I guess. Uh, an illusion of safety. So I'm giving up that pattern of feeling like I'm safe by hiding in the background. So for my confidence to really show up, I'm giving that up to really be full center and opening myself, maybe becoming a little bit vulnerable or opening myself up to criticism or opening myself to possible judgment. So I'm giving up the safety of my kind of a cocoon hidden hidden spot. That's just an example off the top of my head. And so by shining the light on what we have to give up, what does that do for us? I think you can explore that and then you can let that go. Um, So if I'm giving up hiding in the background because I might be open to judgment or humiliation or whatever it is, we're exploring that. Okay, so 
um, I may be hiding in the background and I'm not being the full version of myself because I'm hiding in the background because the background is safe. You know, you know, I'm not public speaking, but I'm hiding in the background. It's safe. No one sees me. No one's judging me. I'm pretty much invisible. I'm a wallflower. But what would be the worst thing that would happen if you went up in front and, and did this public speech or this presentation in front of hundreds of people? What was the worst thing that would happen? Um, and, and then you say, well, uh, you know, people would make fun of me. I was like, okay. And then what? Well, I would feel bad. I'm like, okay. Well, then what? Um, well, then I'd be embarrassed. Like, okay. And then what? You know, you just keep kind of exploring that and breaking away. Like, what is the worst thing really that could happen um, if you did that? And what is the best thing that could happen? And even if you were judged or you weren't, you're not safe behind that barrier um, and hiding in the background, um, what's the best thing that happened is that I overcame my fear and I showed up at my best self and that people actually got something from what I had to say. And the worst thing is I'm not going to die from it. You know, I mean, I don't think anyone has ever died from being embarrassed because if they did, I would have died years ago. <laughs> And the thing is, when we do something that we think, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Most people don't even remember the stuff you did because they're concerned about the embarrassing things they've done in their life. Mm-hmm. That's so true. You know, we always think that people are so concerned about the things that we're doing. And the truth of the matter is very few people care. I was going to say nobody cares, but there are a few people who might be trolls and they probably do sure. care, but very few people care. And the reason for that is they have their own stuff to deal with and they're thinking about their own embarrassing moments. So my suggestion mm-hmm. to everybody who's watching along, listening along, following along with us today, just use these questions as some journaling prompts. Get started on this journey of transformation and then join us at Summit and you can really Mm -hmm. dive a little more deeply with Crystal as she helps us to get out of our stuck patterns and embrace the leadership that we are meant for. Every single one of us, we're here to lead in some way. And if it's leading as part of a team, if it's leading as being the leader of a team, the organizer of a team, the collaboration, person on a team, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Just embracing that level of leadership that's coming from within, lighting up your people and giving them a chance to light the world, light the way and make the world a better place. I know Mm -hmm. I am so like, I have such high hopes for us. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. I really think that we can do this, y'all. I think that It's just a matter of each of us being open to the leader that is inside. Even if we've never, ever, ever felt like we've been called to leadership, I'm going to put my hand up right now and say, actually, yes, you have, because I'm calling you out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Crystal, I know people are going to want to reach out to you. They're going to want to get your book. Uh, Hope is a Butterfly. Is that the name Mm -hmm. of your book? I want to get you, that book. Great. If you don't squish the caterpillar. If you don't squish the caterpillar, I, I want to get that book for my kids so much. Mm-hmm. I feel like every kid in every school everywhere needs to have that book. People are also going to want to get in touch with you because they're going to want to get a copy of your anthology that's coming out soon, which is called 
Ignite Your Leadership. And how can people get in touch with you directly, Crystal? Just visit the website, operationtransformationbooks.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter. And even um, there's a place where you can send me an email from there. Excellent. Everybody, this has been just the best conversation ever. Really excited to have Crystal with us today, going all the way from being a child detective to being part of the FBI to being an accountant. And I know I'm not getting all of this in order to being a social worker. It's, it's, it's a journey. And you have all this experience that you're packing in to share with us. Thank you, Crystal, so much for being part of the show. And everybody, I'll see you guys on the next show. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at our website, www.ladiespowerlunch.com. And find us on YouTube at youtube.ladiespowerlunch.com. This is a production of the LPL Podcast Network.